I'm Will Coleman, founder and CEO of Alto, and I built Alto to put an end to rideshare horror stories. You're used to the total lack of consistency in rideshare. Maybe it's a smelly car or a driver that asks just one too many personal questions. Not anymore. With Alto, you know exactly what to expect every ride. Every Alto driver is a trained Alto employee, and every Alto vehicle is part of our private fleet of luxury SUVs. Say goodbye to rideshare horror stories. Download the Alto app today and use code FOUNDER for $10 off your first ride. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Coco Express Network. Talk radio that informs. Talk radio that inspires. Talk radio that enlightens. Radio for us all. It's me, Dr. Linda Wiley, host of Relationship Remedies for Us on the Cocoa Express Network. For those of you who don't know, this show right here, this is the place to come for all hot topics on relationships. So I'm glad you're joining us today. Ask that you bring your questions, your comments, and most of all, an open mind. Today we're going to be uh, visited, (laughs) joined, by the host of the Coco Express Network. She's the one that's behind it all. She's there fielding calls, pushing all the buttons, making everything work, and her name is Aurelia Lyles. And so in a few minutes, Aurelia will join us because I want to have a dialogue about an experience that I had last night. So you may recall that when the show first started, my co-host was a brother by the name of Hank Stewart. And Hank is a well-known spoken word artist. He has been doing something called the White Linen Affair, Hank Stewart's White Linen Affair, for the last 15 years. This is the 15th anniversary of it. And the funds raised are to benefit his foundation for youth. So throughout the years, I have participated, and I will host different relationship seminars, much like this talk show. Last night I had the opportunity, this is the weekend of Hank's 15th annual White Linen Affair, and so last night I had the opportunity to share the stage with a brother by the name of Stevie Baggs, Jr. Now, some of you will recognize that name from the NFL. Stevie, in his 10-year career, played football for 11 different franchises, which is a record in and of itself. But in addition to that, he's an entrepreneur in so many ways. What he's probably most recently known for is the fact that he was just the bachelor on the second season of Match Made in Heaven, which I believe airs on WeTV. So Stevie and I hosted a conversation last night with a room full of predominantly women talking about relationships. I am not someone who watched the show, but of course I was there from the perspective of being the Certified Relationship Specialist. And so what I want to do today is talk about some of the things that happened in our conversation last night because the brother was a lot deeper than you might expect um, because we just don't know how deep brothers go in terms of relationships. And him being fairly young, 
um, he had a lot of wisdom to drop on women. And one of the things that he said that stood out for me was he kept referring to television as tell-live-vision because he kept talking about how television, particularly reality shows like the one he did, are selling us all lies. And so he had some definite reasons for, for being a part of that show. But as you might expect, that conversation led us into a number of different areas. We talked about uh, the factors of healthy relationship. We talked about communication. We talked about wholeness and brokenness. And we talked about what true love is and, you know, just a host of things. So to share perspective, I've invited our host of the Coco Express Network, Aurelia Lyles, to join me because Aurelia did watch the show, and so I think she'll have a different perspective than I do. So, Aurelia, first of all, thank you so much for allowing me to host the Relationship Remedies for Us segment on your network, and then welcome to uh, today's conversation. You are quite welcome, and thank you for having me today. So I know that you are familiar with Match Made in Heaven, correct? Yes, I am. I'm quite familiar. I watched season one and season two uh, of the show, and I, I guess I had a lot of um, um, a lot of things I saw when I saw season season one was okay and everything because I knew it was a new show. But season two, I was, I was specifically interested in season two because I know that the first season it's always like um, the first time and they kind of like work through the kinks. So they work through the kinks and then you have season two, and that's where. I had a lot of mixed emotions about what I was witnessing. Okay, so before you talk about your mixed emotions, let me ask you this. What was sort of the draw for you? What made you interested in a show with that kind of a format called Match Made in Heaven? Well, what was the draw for me It was because you have The Bachelor and you have The Bachelorette and they um, feature Caucasian individuals. And, yes, part of the um, mix of women, women and men that they have, they do have a few people of color, but never has the primary star or main person been of color. And I wanted to know or see what was the male perspective, what was the black male perspective, and how they were going to handle this kind of situation all played out on TV. Okay, cool. And I think for a lot of people in the audience, that probably was the draw as well, because to your point, yeah, they mix a few in, and I think the reason they mix a few in, or one reason they mix a few people of color in, is so that they can attract an audience reflective of some of the the women or the men, depending on whether it's the Bachelor or Bachelorette show, so that um, they pull you in. And that's why there's always a person of color that makes it into you know, the final round, but I think those of us who are people of color always know in the back of our minds, now you know they are not going to pick that black person. I mean, we just know that. And so I think it was good to see it from another perspective. So watching the show and them having, you know, black men, what what kind of perspective did you get? What What did you see and what kind of emotions did it bring out for you? Well, first and foremost, he was he's a successful black man. And you know that many of us have this belief that most successful black men do not want black women. Right. Okay, that was the first thing that popped up in my head. Then I saw the, you know, the array of women that 
they had on, you know, on this particular segment, this episode. And I was just looking at all of the women and, you know, listening and just following. And the the things that I saw, the attitudes, the actions, the mannerisms, the behaviorisms that I saw, some of it really alarmed me. Some of it really turned me off. And this is from the women towards the man, towards the and everything. And as far as the man was concerned, it got to a certain point where I was done with him too. Wow. So what are some of the things the women did that turned you off? Okay, first and foremost, we all know that we try to put, you know, we do great PR in the beginning of situations. And, but these particular women right away you could see that this this was all for show for TV. I didn't see too much sincerity. And what little sincerity I did see was kind of alarming when I did see it. For example, okay. I'll give you for example. Okay. Um, you have, you know, the woman, they had this one girl from Brooklyn. And as you know, we're from Brooklyn and everything. So I'm looking mm-hmm. at how she's going to, you know, Represent. present herself. Yeah, how she's going to represent, right. And she came off all wrong and hard. And you know as well as I do, we're not all wrong and hard. We don't give this facade and then turn around and get all, you know, ghetto. That is really right. not how Brooklyn women are. True Brooklyn I women know. are I know. I'm like so that. glad you said that because so much of the time when people get to know me and they find out that I'm from Brooklyn, they will say things to me like, oh, you don't seem like you're from Brooklyn at all. And that's basically what they're saying. They're saying that in my mind, I've been fed a lie through media that Brooklyn women are hard and ghetto and that's not you, so therefore you don't seem like Brooklyn at all. And the media perpetuates that. There's this image of Brooklyn, you know, sometimes when I'm doing training classes, I will make a joke of it. I'll be in the training room, and because I live in, you know, a nice affluent suburb of Atlanta now, I will say to people, okay, I'm, I may live in Alpharetta, but I'm from Brooklyn. So we can do this Brooklyn style or Alpharetta style. And it, it lightens the room and people laugh and so forth. But clearly they understand the stereotype that I'm referring to when I say Brooklyn style. So I'm so saddened to hear that the woman from Brooklyn did not represent Brooklyn women in a way that would have been, you know, more positive. So, okay, so go ahead. What else? Yeah, and, and the fact that she kept saying, I'm from Brooklyn. You know, so what? Right. That was, right. One, that was one point. Then there was another woman that came on. She, you know, and they all had this clearly, I'm the one for him. Clearly, I'm the one for him. Clearly, I'm the one for him. And, you know, and all that's going in my head is clearly you're not because when a man <laughs> finds a wife, he finds a good thing. So you're mm-hmm. telling him he's already found because you're there. That's not the case. And you had the, you know, I come with all this pedigree, so I would be a good match for him. That attitude. Then you have the one, and this was like near the end part of it, where you have the one that says, I always come out second. And, and you know, I hope I get this, but things never seem to work out. That really just kind of made me realize that this particular woman, she needs therapy. She shouldn't have been on the show in the first place. Um <laughs> Then you had the, let's see, there was another woman there assumed because she was so drop-dead gorgeous and beautiful. And, yes, I know that men go for, you know, the physical before they even get into the mind and, and everything else. Um, then 
she and, and when they let her go, oh my God, I can't believe they let her go. But she was very young. So I'm not, you know, I have to give the brother props because he did exhibit some really good decisions in regards to picking and weeding out. That's good. And that's why I said at the beginning, you know, that he, he was deep. I, I really enjoyed getting to know him and talking to him. He really is deep. And I think many times we assume, okay, athletes and on a show like this that he might not be. But he, he's really deep when it comes to relationships. And he had a lot of his own personal reasons for wanting to expose what he calls some of the lies of, of television and, and reality TV in particular. So you also mentioned that there were certain things he did that you didn't particularly care for. What kinds of things were those? First of all, kissing on everybody. I mean, it's what men do. I know. I know it's what men do. And everything. I'm sorry. It, it, that was a turn off for me. And then he kept saying, you know, I'm falling for you. And you know, I'm falling for you. And you know, I'm falling for you. And you know, I'm falling for you. So he kept repeating the same line all the time, which let me see, you know, there's no sincerity whatsoever. Whoever's going to return the gesture in the, the gesture in the manner that you want to receive it, that's the one you're going to pick. Mm. And, you know, it's interesting. And we did not go deep into this last night because, well, for two reasons. One is because it wasn't all about that show, but also because I wouldn't want to put him on the spot too much. But we know that a lot of what we see on the show really is scripted. And so that was how we got off on talking about some of the lies and myths that go along in relationships and how most of us as consumers buy into it. We see the dream that gets sold to us on television. And when it's not a part of our reality, what does it really do to the mind? You know, how does it impact your psyche? Because, like you said, the woman who was saying, you know, I'm always coming in second, I never get chosen. Well, you have to wonder what causes her to put herself into a position like that where she feels like I need to be chosen. This is not, we refer to relationships as a game, and we all know what we mean by that. But this is not truly a game. This is not where I won or I lost. And sometimes, depending on the situation, not being chosen really makes you come out the winner if you want to stay with that game vernacular. No, because not every situation is what's best for you. But I think we have allowed ourselves to believe that if some good-looking, intelligent, uh, economically well-off man doesn't come along and choose us, then there's something wrong with us. And so that's one of the things that I think shows like that perpetuate. And it's not that shallow. How can you in a season, I don't even remember how long a television season is, but how can you over the series of some weeks, 12 weeks or so, make a determination as to this is the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with? This is serious stuff, and we're not giving it, you know, enough of the true perspective in terms of how relationships should be handled. So one of the things we talked about, you know, as you know, I do talk about the seven factors of a healthy relationship, and um, those seven factors are on a CD that Les Brown and I have done together. But the number one factor that I believe is critical to a healthy relationship is the whole issue of wholeness and people being whole when they come together as opposed to looking for someone to complete them. And when I have had glimpses of, like, The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, um, prior to, of course, this show being started, I have seen that. 
you have people who at least come across as being so desperate, like, I need this, and that could be an indicator that they're not fully whole. So even in our conversation last night, there were some women in the audience who were saying, okay, so are you guys saying that if we're broken, we um, shouldn't be in a relationship or that we don't deserve love? And, you know, it started going off and we had to pull it back because it's not, first of all, who says you're broken and how are you defining broken? You may have gone through some experiences that have negatively impacted your self-esteem, et cetera. That happens to all of us. But you have to love yourself first, and that's what we were talking about with wholeness. You need Mm -hmm. to know that whoever you are, whatever you've gone through, that you're okay. And when you accept yourself as being okay, you attract – well, first of all, you give off a different kind of energy, and that energy attracts a different kind of mate and a different kind of relationship. But if you're broken and you're looking for someone to fix you or complete you – that's not what you're going to get. And so what you get is just something to help perpetuate that brokenness. So we spend a good deal of time talking about wholeness. And I think your comment about, you know, the woman who talked about coming in second all the time is a good example of someone who may not be whole. And so it doesn't mean that, no, you don't deserve love, but what it does indicate is you have to first love yourself so that, A, you can receive love when you get it in a healthy way, and B, you can give love in a healthy way. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was I kept hearing this over and over again. I've never felt like this way. I've never felt like this about anybody before. I've never felt like this about anybody before. I've never, I mean, Mm. like you said, you only had, what, X, Y, Z weeks. How are you going to get to this? I never felt like this like anybody with anybody before. Then you had the Becky with the, you know, good hair situation. <laughs> and, yeah. And, you know, her oh, confidence you know, it's level. It's funny you say that. I got, a, I got a friend named Becky, and she does have good hair. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this, this woman, well she, was, well, she was Caucasian, and she was from Texas. And, you know, when they had the parents come, her parents didn't come, and they didn't show up and that thing. And you had his mother say, I would prefer my son to be with a, a woman of color, an African American woman, you know. Period. Mm-hmm. That was her. That was her, what she wanted. Her strong feelings towards that situation. But in looking at the relationship between the two of them and everything, you know, he would do different things with different people. You know, like different kinds of dates with different people, and he, you know. From my perspective, and this is just my perspective, okay, he interacted one-on-one with the other women when he had a particular date. But when it came down to Becky, he put her in a race car, and he didn't get in the race car with her, but she let, he let her have the experience. Mm. And I'm saying, I said, wow. but when it came to the one-on-one time in the jacuzzi, he was all over it. Yeah. Wow. And so how I'm, did that, that leave you feeling? You know, I'm saying to myself, okay, he's looking at this and the way she was saying it, and this is exactly the way she was saying it, and he said it too. We, you know, we will make a great couple because we're both successful. So mm. for them, it would have been a business merger as opposed to a relationship. Okay. okay. And Yeah, that's, 
that's really interesting. And I think sometimes people almost look at at relationships in that way. You know, the factors that they look at might be something that attracts you, but is it something that will sustain you? Because what attracts in relationships often then attacks in relationships. Because, again, we're looking for someone to complete me. So we're attracted to ways that you behave that what might be good for a certain season, but then after a while those same behaviors start to get on your nerves and it starts to attack and go in an opposite direction. Yeah, and the other thing, um, you know, like, I, I maybe it's me because I have an open, well, maybe my mom and my, my family and my dad and all of them raised me to be confident in my abilities. But, you know, they had this thing where you bite the apple and that'll end somebody's date and everything. Now, the mom bit the apple one time because she really did not want this particular person with with her son. And I said, I can understand that. But those other women biting the apple, to me, that was just so stupid. You know, what's going to be is going to be. Who he's going to choose, he's going to choose. So by you biting the apple, that just shows that you're insecure and you're jealous. And this just pits women, black women against women over one one measly man. And that's the thing that pisses yeah. me off. And so you know what? It's almost like was that show imitating reality or does reality imitate that show? Because part of what we talked about in our conversation last night was the whole competition thing that, that's going on in our community. Like one of the women in the audience raised a question around accountability. And she said, when are we going to, you know, when are men going to be held accountable for their behavior? And part of my response to her was when we as women hold them accountable. They can't go from Sally to Susan to Mary to Shaquita to whomever else they go through unless each one of those women participates. So many times women, we know that this man might have a woman. We know that he's not really into us, but, but maybe we can in our minds, we think we can get him to be more into us. We might know that he's got a wife or a baby mama or something, but we allow him to come and spend time with us because we feel as if, well, maybe it'll change, or maybe I'm that special one for him, just as you were saying the women were saying on that show. And so when stuff like that happens, you can't then turn around and say, well, when are men going to be held accountable? They will be held accountable when women hold them accountable. So one of the great things that um, – I think came out of our discussion last night was just that it's up to you as a woman. It's establish some standards and some boundaries and stick to it. Don't be swayed by his good looks or his money or his success or any of that, or by the false hope that, Oh, he'll pick me. He'll pick me. And that's why I say, does the show imitate reality or does it create reality? I don't know that I have the answer for that. It's probably a little bit of both, but again, that to me is so much like the way it is out in the world today. We have women who have this scarcity mentality. There's so many of us and so few, so few good men that what they do is put themselves in a position of saying, pick me. And it even comes down to many times the way women will dress, the way they'll carry themselves, what they will or will not allow a man to do in their presence, all because of this feeling of if I show him that I'm not like all the others, maybe he'll pick me. And that really is not the right approach with all of this stuff. So, okay, at the end of the day, Okay, there was one. Ahead, I'm sorry, sorry Lisa. There was one scenario that I wanted to bring to your attention, and it was a liar. Okay. okay. It was one woman, and everything. He was. I guess he was feeling her, and that was the one who had 
all the she was a sister with all the credentials and pedigree and all that stuff. But to me, she just seemed really ghetto. Um, but they had a situation where they went out, and she had she was all over these other guys. But then when it came down to it, she was saying, "Oh no, I wasn't. It's not true. He had it on tape." And that's the other thing that wow. I didn't like because I've seen that played out in my own personal life time and time again where the woman just blatantly lies and the guy believes the lie until he has proof. Hmm. That's interesting that they had that kind of a of a setup where they could catch you in the lies that you tell because, you know, on, on the other shows that, you know, preceded this one, I'm not aware of that being a part of it. Um, and so that's, that's really interesting. And again, you know, a lot of it mirrors what's going on in the world because people are doing things, particularly now with the impact of social media, folks are doing things to catch one another. And again, you have to ask yourself, if this is someone that I cannot trust without having extra eyes on them, maybe that's a sign to you that that's not someone that you need to be with at this time. Folks are always, I think, having this mentality of, it would be better to be with someone, anyone, than to be by myself. And even last night, there were women who talked about not wanting to be alone. None of us really want to be alone, but sometimes being alone is better than the alternative. So it's, it's all very interesting, and I do think that as a people, we need to do much better than we have been doing. And the messages that we're sending out and the messages that we're receiving are not helping us move the, the needle further along to having good, solid relationships, good, strong families, and then communities that can thrive. We really have to come together and be more respectful of ourselves, our time, our bodies, everything, as well as respectful of other people and what they have established. This, this whole thing about, um, you know, where women talk about taking somebody else's man. I mean, first of all, we all belong, my point of view, we all belong to the creator. None of us belong to one another. But you do need to respect boundaries. And if someone is married, of course, or if somebody's in a relationship, respect those boundaries. And I don't think there's enough of that going on. So let me get you to give us one more comment, and then I'm going to share with us um, some of the ideologies I'd like for people to think about, concepts to take away as we try to improve upon our our relationships, particularly in the African American community. So, what are some things that um, you know you would share, either in terms of final thoughts and emotions, or is there any uh, requests that you have of our listening audience in terms of how we move this forward? How we move this forward is, I think we should check ourselves on a regular basis, not whenever something goes wrong or when when you got busted or whatever the case may be. You need to check yourself on a regular basis. I do these these checks with myself, and I'm not in a relationship and haven't been in a relationship for a number of years, but I check myself. If I see behavior that I think is just not, is, is unbecoming of me as a human being, I have to figure out where that's coming from and why and just put it into it. Because the object of this whole exercise, I believe that, you know, we're on the planet to, to um, show each other is how to love one another. And we can't do that if we're fighting against each other, or we're fighting over something, we're clowning, we're pulling each other down to try to make ourselves look better. All that stuff just to me is just a waste of time. If we checked ourselves and we treated each other with the utmost respect, there would be a whole different 
a whole different game going on. I love it. I love it. And a lot of what you said I um, would like to, to emphasize because I think it's so true. At the end of the day, we all want love. But what is love? Most of us don't have a very good, clear understanding of what love really is. We base love off of past experiences, off of things that we've seen in other people's relationships, off of hurts and not wanting to experience that hurt again. I mean, so much of the time, we really don't know what love is, and I think we're running away from things that have happened to us instead of running towards this thing called love. So I think we need to understand what love is. I think we need to develop what's the goal, what's the end game, what's the destination, because if you don't know where you're going, any path will do just fine. And many of us are on the wrong path trying to find this amorphous thing called love that we don't even really know what love is. So we need to be better about understanding what love is, understanding what is my goal, what am I striving toward, understanding that the scriptural adage is still true that a man who finds a wife finds a good thing. So what is a man looking for in a wife? And the best way to know that is, first of all, go to the the source, the Bible, but also talk to men. What are you looking for? Because brothers will give you attention regardless, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, that your wife material in his eyes. So I think we need to understand that. And in doing so, establish boundaries. What is it that I am looking for? What am I willing to do? What am I not willing to do? What kinds of uh, behaviors will I accept from a man? What won't I accept from a man? And go back to the old school checklist that I used to talk about. Anything that you do, you know, it's like if you go to the grocery store, you know that if you have a shopping list, you're less likely to put things in your cart that you don't want or need. But when it comes to relationships, we don't develop a shopping list. So we allow all kinds of junk to get into our cart. Then we get out to check out and, and pay for it and wonder why the bill is so darn high. The bill is high when you don't know who you are and what you're looking for and what you need out of a relationship. So setting those boundaries and sticking to them is very important. This is not a quick fix, and we know this, but we have to start somewhere. So start with learning to love yourself, learning to love other people, and, and setting those boundaries and protecting the temple that is you. I'm Dr. Linda Wiley, and I so greatly appreciate the opportunity to share thoughts and conversation with you because it's all about relationship remedies for us. So I thank you for your time and allowing me to share some things to pour into your life. So until next time, learn how to love. Thank you. For more content, visit us at thecocoexpressshow.com, blog talk radio, 